Good morning. Good morning, folks. If you'd like to find your seats, that'd be fantastic. We're going to make a start. For those who don't know me, I'm, uh, I'm Sean. I'm part of the leadership team here at Harvest Church, and I'm, I'm also going to be hosting this morning. It's uh, fantastic to see everyone here. Thank you for coming. It's always uh, better when there's people here. (laughs) Absolutely. You haven't heard me sing on you, have you? (laughs) Okay. So I just want to say if you are visiting uh, us this morning, you're especially welcome. And I I hope that when you came in, you were greeted by uh, one of the lovely folk in the yellow polo shirts, part of our welcome team. I hope they uh, made you feel welcome and hopefully gave you a welcome pack as well. As a church, we believe that God speaks today. We believe that... Uh, it's going to be hard, isn't it, trying to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, we believe that God speaks to us today. And I, I just felt, even as we were praying over there this morning, I felt that God wanted to remind each and every one of us of his love for us, of how much he cares for us, how much he delights in us. So I want you just to receive that this morning, even as we come to worship. God loves you. He delights over you. He has so many blessings for you. And we just want to uh, be aware of what God wants to say to us as a church. So if you feel that you have a contribution to bring, please come to the front and have a chat with me so that we can uh, find an appropriate time in the the meeting this morning to bring that. We do that through the microphone so everyone gets to hear. If you've got children, I hope that you've uh, registered them already, but if you haven't done, you can register them in the cafe uh, out there, and they will be uh, going downstairs after the third song, but they will be released probably by Nathan, if he remembers. Okay, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to hand over to Nathan. Father, I thank you for your amazing grace lavished upon each one of us. I thank you for the opportunity to again come and worship you corporately, Lord, and I pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit to be with us, Lord. Bless each and every person here. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's come and sing of these blessings of God. Let's come and enjoy them afresh. You alone can rescue, you alone. 
You're the giver of life. We lift up our eyes, lift up our eyes. You're the giver of life. We lift up our eyes, lift up our eyes. You're the giver of life. We lift up our eyes, lift up our eyes. You're the giver of life. Just lift our voices where we are. Why don't you give thanks to God? Give praise to Him for who He is, for what He's done. God, you're good. You're good, Lord. We praise you for your salvation. We praise you that you're 
We're going to sing an old hymn called When Peace Like a River. I looked this up. This was written in 1873. Next year, 150 years old. For 150 years, this song has been sung. 150 years, generation after generation, singing about the grace and the goodness of God. When peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my lot you have taught me to
for you.
sing for the freedom. God, we give you praise for what you've done. You are a good and gracious and merciful God. We thank you for your, yeah, just for your mercy poured out on our lives. Thank you that we can sing and join with the saints that have gone before us to sing of your goodness, to sing of your grace, to sing of all that you've done, that all that you've achieved on the cross. We pray for our children. God, we pray that as they spend time together and spend time uh, with their leaders, Lord God, they would be able to declare who you are and what you've done, that they would experience you afresh in Jesus' name. Amen. Source, have a great time downstairs. We love you and appreciate you. We'll see you later. One, just where we are, I know we don't encourage this all the time, but just without the mic, just people, just pray out as loud as you can just declaring, God, you're good, or, or what you've done for, 
for me. The roaring 
Just as we've been singing that song, you're my living hope. Why don't you just consider what in your life right now just needs God's hope to come and enter in. What's kind of felt like it's dead and buried and yet needs life flowing into it. That roaring lion, come and breathe life. What relationship, what work situation, what financial situation? Come, Lord, come and breathe life. As we turn our eyes to you and worship you for who you are, as we sing songs of truth, declaring who you are, Lord God, our eyes are fixed on you. And we invite you, God, come and breathe life. Come and bring hope. Come, Holy Spirit. Why don't you just pause right here? Just say, breathe on me, Holy Spirit. Breathe on us, Spirit of God. Come and breathe on us. Come and breathe on us. Afresh today. Come and breathe on us. Come and breathe on us. Afresh today, Lord. Come and breathe on us. Come and breathe on us into every situation, Lord. Come and breathe on us. Come and breathe on us your breath. It's your breath. 
Hi, I'm Chris, and I'm going to read you a chapter out of Ephesians, chapter 2, which is very encouraging, as well as all the other that we've had. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. In Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus 
to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Father, I just bless you and praise you and worship you that you are our God. I thank you, Father, for your goodness, for your word, for your strength. Oh, God, we just come before you and say, great is our God, for you are mighty and holy and just and faithful and true. And we just worship and honor you, Lord. And I just want to say, oh, God, I love you. Oh, Jesus, I thank you so much for dying for me and each one of us on that cross. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for calming and infilling us with you. And we just come to you today and say, how great is our God. Amen. Thank you, Pat, Chris. Thank you, uh, worship team. It was fantastic. God is good. So loving towards each one of us. Some people might look at, talk about Harvest Church as a building. It's this building or the building we were in before. But we know that Harvest Church is us. It's the people. Church is the people, and actually, we're not just a group of people, we are family, family together, and as we gather, we enjoy meeting together, we enjoy the opportunity to worship and share, and uh, as a family, we, uh, we, you know, we have sad times and we have happy times. Last Sunday, we there was a bit of a touch of sadness as we said goodbye to folk who had been part of this family for many, many years. And uh, although they are going on to other things called onwards by God, you know, we, we, there's a sense of sadness. But today, we, there are folk coming into the family, joining us, and that's a, a time of rejoicing, a time to be happy. And uh, so this morning, we're going to be uh, welcoming in a few folk into membership and what is membership about well, it's not about having your name on a list it's not about getting the right emails at the right time or being able to go to the right meetings actually membership of this family is about heart commitment a commitment to each other a commitment to the leadership of the church it's so that we know who is in our family, who we can look to for help or who we, we as a leadership are looking to look after, if you like. So as a, as a family, we have membership and we have a, uh, a membership course, which is an opportunity to find out more about this family, what we believe, uh, where we think we're going, what the challenges we have. And so the, the next membership course is uh, going to be on Saturday, the 25th of June. So uh, if you haven't been on one of these courses and you are interested in finding out a bit more about us, then uh, you can sign up. I'm, I believe yep, there's a clipboard over there. You could sign up 
on, or you could uh, maybe use the church email, or you could speak to one of us down at the front after the meeting. But uh, if you're interested, please uh, let us know, get signed up on that and come along. Okay, so this morning then we're going to be uh, welcoming, uh, well, three folk are here, but I'll, I'll briefly mention Nick first. So Nick Maniffy uh, is unwell today, but we are welcoming, welcoming him in to membership this morning as well. So pretend he's up here, but he's, he's obviously unwell at home. But I'm going to invite uh, Rachel, Aaron and Michael up. So these guys have, uh, want to be part of our family, part of Harvest Church, which is fantastic. As I said, this is a happy, exciting time. And I'm just going to give them the opportunity to share very briefly a little bit about themselves. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. If it goes over five minutes, mute. <laughs> Seriously. Right, yeah. Here you go. Normally, it's pretty brief for me anyway. Just just quick, simple, straight to the point. <laughs> but uh, hi, I'm Aaron. and uh, um, I'm Rachel. My wife. And um, we got married uh, back in 2019, uh, where we were from Farnborough. And um, we were looking around for a house up in Farnborough, all shot area, but uh, nothing actually sort of came about. Uh, paperwork wasn't going through. Um, we stuck a, our name down on a house in Four Marks uh, Medstead in the new building estate where um, Chris and Judith actually live as well. And uh, yeah, same estate. And um, it went quite smoothly for a new house, for our first house uh, with part by part rent, but it all went quite smoothly until the end. But God still found a way to put us under a roof. Um, we come here and we're obviously here for a reason. And uh, during COVID, obviously, for everyone, it was a tough time. Um, but uh, we came across Harvest Church online, started watching all the uh, online services, uh, thoroughly enjoyed them. So as soon as the building was open, we came through, and the uh, first man we saw was Olaf <laughs> uh, from part of the welcome team. And, uh, yeah, we felt very welcome on that day one, didn't we? And, um, yeah, felt at home, felt family, felt peace, even through that first service. Everyone's feeling nervous when you come to the church for the first time, but we just felt peace settled and felt at home. So, uh, and I know that's exactly the same for Rach. She didn't really want to talk, but, you know, <laughs> this is only the second time in my life I'm actually allowed to talk on behalf of my wife as well. <laughs> the, fir the first time was when I stood at the top table and we were saying the thank yous. So, um, making the most of I'm making the most of it. So, ladies and gentlemen, you've just uh, witnessed a unique event there. <laughs> My name is uh, Michael. Um, I've been coming to Harvest Church for about five to six years, and it's taken me a little while to stand here. Um, I've been to two um, membership courses, so um, it's my fault for not being up here earlier. I've had plenty of opportunity. Um, but how I came to be here, um, I think it's about five or six years ago, I'd stopped going to church, and... Um, on my way to work in a church ground there was a poster and I used to give it a cynical look um, because there was a poster of a, a woman saying I have the joy of the Lord and I wasn't happy 
um, I'd lost that joy. Um, and so the weeks and a few years went by, and then it, but they did change the poster to a man, and the message was still the same. I have joy of the Lord. And um, I, I was desperate to get back into uh, a relationship. And then I suddenly remembered um, an, an occasion in Farnham Walton's um, craft fair. And I was buying my, I was looking for a treat for my goddaughter, Elizabeth. And um, when I was at the store, there was a, a young fella um, standing beside, and he was part of Harvest Church here. And he asked me if I'd like a cup of coffee. So he, he treated me to a cup of coffee, um, and then I went back maybe one or two months later, and they were there again. I went for a coffee. Um, and then totally forgot it. And then, say five years later, um, I remembered it. And I came over to Harvest Church. And the first, the first um, you know, teaching was about joy. And it hit home. And the music as well was at the right level for me. And I didn't have to, I don't have a, a singing voice. So, um, but when the music is too loud, you know, you have to raise your voice. But here it was really lovely. And I remember Barbara um, asking me to come to a, a new member's, a new, new member's um, meal. And I said, no, I'm not a particular lover of kind of large groups and, and so forth. And then quite a few other people have turned up and said, you're invited to a meal. I said, I've turned Barbara down, so I can't accept. Um, and I promised Barbara that the next meal I'll turn up. And it only seemed like a couple of weeks, and I couldn't back down. So I, uh, that was the first time I, I met um, Andrew and is it your wife's name? Emma. Um, and, yeah, it just snowballed. And then somehow I ended up in... in um, Olaf and Nibbis's group, and I've been under their wing for about five years, something like that. Um, sadly, um, they're, they're on the move, but good luck. In, uh, no, I shouldn't say good luck. Blessings. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> well done, guys. I'm just going to pray for you, and then uh, going to hand over to Andrew. Father, I thank you that you love each and every one of us. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing here in Harvest Church. I thank you for what you're doing in Alton. I thank you for the churches together, Lord. I thank you that it's such a wonderful blessing. And I thank you for these uh, four folk coming into membership, but actually coming into the family. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them in, in their lives, in their relationships. In, especially in their relationship with you, Lord. I pray that you would help them to find, make strong friendships within this church, Lord, and help them to know how they can serve you well, whether it's in this church, in the community they live in, uh, in the work that they do, wherever you send them, Lord. Bless them and bless us through them, I pray. 
Amen. Thank you, guys. All right. I'm going to hand over to Andrew. Oh, isn't it lovely adding people to the family, recognizing they're part of our family. Guys, you're so welcome. It's great to have you with us. And uh, we look forward to getting to know you more and more. If you're a guest amongst us, please know that welcome exists for anyone and everybody. So uh, we hope uh, you enjoy being with us today and we hope you'll uh, explore more and find out more about what it means to be part of our church. Uh, we're going to go to uh, the Word of God today. And um, we're continuing in our series um, uh, looking at balance. We've called it balance, uh, and yet this is probably going to feel in some ways a bit like an unbalanced sermon, a bit like the picture on the screen there, the stones unbalanced. But the balance has got all sorts of different aspects to it. I hope you're very much, though, enjoying uh, this series as we explore what it means to have a godly balance in our lives, to get lives today. And uh, today we want to just explore um, the area of what it means to serve others. And if you have your Bible with you, if you could turn to Matthew chapter 4, uh, that would be great. But it will be coming up on the screen as well. So um, if you haven't got your Bible, if you want to just look up, you can read it from the screen. Uh, you may think this is an odd passage to be talking about serving one another. So, uh, and I just want to sort of explain why I've chosen this passage for today. I think fundamentally, you know, when we talk about the whole area of balance, what we're talking about is what does it mean to be a disciple? And here we have this account of Jesus calling his first disciples. And uh, that's why I want to read this. So as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. Good name, that one. Uh, they were... <laughs> They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. And Father, as we consider your word today, would you speak to us? And would you uh, touch our hearts and lives, Lord? We don't just want to fill our heads with knowledge, but we want to meet with you and allow your word to speak deep into our hearts and lives, please. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to very briefly unpackage this one phrase which Jesus speaks to them. Because uh, what, what we then read in this passage is yeah, they go off and they, they follow Jesus. So um, here we go. Come, follow me. Three parts to this statement. Come, follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you fishers of men. What's he mean by come, follow me? Well, ultimately, what's it mean to follow Jesus? What was Jesus doing well, Jesus was on earth seeking to do his Father's will. If you think about it, that's what Jesus was here to do. He was here to uh, know the Father and to follow the Father's will, to do the Father's will. And I want to encourage us, let's do just that. You know, if, Je if that's what Jesus did in his time on earth, then I reckon that's a pretty good thing for us as followers of Jesus, as his disciples, as learners of Jesus to do, to know the Father and to do his will. Quite simple, really, isn't it? Know the Father and to do his will. I guess that means for me, 
involves prayer, uh, which is talking with Jesus, listening to him, hearing from, uh, from our Father in heaven and, and expressing our desires to him. It involves worship, giving ourselves to him, expressing our love and adoration of him. It involves the word because in the word, we, the Bible, we can allow, have him talk to us and stir us. All these things are all part of what? Well, simply a relationship with God. And that really is the essence of come, follow me. Well, what, what are we doing? We're following Jesus. And Jesus points us to the Father. Jesus makes a way to the Father that we can seek him and know his will. So that's the first part of it. Come, follow me. The second part of it is I will make you. You know, when Jesus, uh, when we start to follow Jesus, he wants to take us on a journey. And he wants to work in our lives and transform us. He wants to help us uh, be his people. And I want to encourage us, let's be a people who allow God to make us into all that he's called us to be. And that will look different for each one of us. It's a very simple concept, isn't it, though? He, through his uh, truth, through the word, through what he has to say, by his spirit, he will speak into our hearts and lives. He will cause us to go on a journey, to be transformed, to move into a place of freedom and liberty, to uh, get involved, to do all sorts of different things that he will uh, do uh, with us, the journey he will take us on. And of course, he does that individually, but he also does that in this thing we call family, church family, community, together. And so we go on that journey together. And of course, well, you may say, well, what is that journey? Well, part of that journey is the third thing which we come to. I will make you into fishers of men. Now, let's just remember when we talk about being fishers of men, what we're talking about here in the Bible when we think about fishing is a, is a community activity. It's not a man with a rod and a line or a woman with a rod and a line. It's a community activity. The whole village or community would be involved in it. In other words, hey, this is something we do together. This is something disciples do together. Well, what's it mean to be fishers of men? Well, our mission is to see the influence of God's kingdom, the kingdom of God, come wherever we go through serving others with love. It's very simple, isn't it? We can see the kingdom of God. We can bring the kingdom of God, the influence of the rule and reign of God into wherever we go. Our neighborhoods, our homes, our workplaces, our schools, our colleges. Here on a Sunday, here midweek, wherever you are midweek, wherever you are on a Sunday. In sports, in work, in recreation, we can, we are not only can, but are called to see the kingdom of God, the influence of God's kingdom come. And how do we do that? Well, it seems that uh, we probably want to follow how Jesus did it. How did he do it? Well, he served others with love. Not just served them, but served them with love. Motivated by love. Motivated by grace. He served them. So let's just unpackage that a bit further and um, think about this. I, I want to encourage us just to see a few things that happen as the disciples... Um, respond to Jesus. First thing 
They leave everything. That's what we're told. They leave everything. Once they left their nets and followed him. Can you imagine what that meant? Career. Business. Income. Maybe even status. Security which comes from that. When they left Jesus, they didn't just uh, sort of say, oh, well, we'll just add this into our lives. We'll keep on fishing. No, no. This was a complete change moment for the disciples as they became fishers of men. Later on, you see, you can read about in Matthew chapter 9, the calling of Matthew, the tax collector. He left some other things. He left notoriety, shame, hatred even, because tax collectors were not well uh, perceived in society in those days. They were puppets of the occupying forces of Rome. They, they weren't well perceived. You see, no matter what our background we start to follow Jesus, as we respond to his call over our lives, then we can leave other things behind, those things which defined us, those things which historically shaped us. And we can start afresh. I feel that's a really important word for a few people today. Do you know you can start afresh? You don't have to be the old you. You don't have to drag all your baggage and all your history with you into the future. The Bible uses this phrase, we're a new creation. We're created afresh. This is where we get this, uh, this concept of being born again from. Born again Christians. Well, we, yes, we have. We've had a fresh start. We've had a fresh start. That's part of the gospel. That's part of the good news of the kingdom of God, friends. If you don't know that, if you don't know that you can have a fresh start today, can I just uh, remind you, you can. You can have a fresh start today. A start which is motivated by love by grace, by mercy, by peace, as we've been singing about. I want to take us to um, a, a bit of a reflection on the gospel. So, uh, when, you know, when you look at, I've never done this before, but when I was preparing, I was just thinking, well, okay, if we go from Matthew 4, what happens in the rest of the book of Matthew? And I wonder whether you've ever noticed this, but Matthew 4 is part of a, a, a time of teaching. And uh, uh, you've got four chapters, really, Matthew 4, 5, 6, 7, um, where uh, Jesus does an awful lot of teaching. And uh, it's sort of time with the disciples, you could call it in the classroom time. That's, the, that's what happens in, in those chapters. There's not a lot of time, though, given to a voyage of inner discovery, of self-discovery. We don't really see that so much, do we? But then what happens is this. Look how much time is spent learning on the job with Jesus. The rest of Matthew chapter 8 to chapter 28 really basically tells us about how the disciples learned on the job with Jesus. How he took them on a journey uh, and taught them whilst on the job. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but it doesn't feel very balanced to me, really. 12.5% of the time that's reported in the Gospels to teaching, 87.5% of the time in, the, in this Gospel given to the practical outworking of it. I don't know about you. Do you think that seems balanced? And yet that's what Jesus did. 
with his disciples. I just want to leave that thought with you for a moment. I wonder what he's calling us, what sort of lifestyle he's calling us to have. Where we put our energy and our time and our focus. It seems to me that if you were a disciple with Jesus, then most of your time appears to have been given to action, to exercising our faith, to making sure that faith has an impact, to making sure that faith uh, has a difference. It's not just an academic exercise. It's not just a set of nice thoughts. It's something which he's called to, is there to make a difference to how we live our lives, to impact other people around us. Now, of course, you may say, well, but Andrew, in those chapters, of course, there is teaching, isn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Certainly Jesus does bring teaching to the disciples at various points in time. One of the moments is here. I'd like to just take us to Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 to 28. Now, we're just breaking into the middle of a conversation here, so uh, don't worry about the not so with you. But instead, whoever wants to become great amongst you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, you may think, what on earth is that talking about? Well, this was a conversation which had been going on amongst the disciples about who's going to be, who's going to have some status? Who's going to be great in the kingdom? Who's, who, who's important to Jesus? And Jesus reminds them that Jesus' this model for ministry, the journey he took his disciples on, the example he gave them wasn't about status. It wasn't about anything like that, but it was about, hey, to serve and to love, to serve the people, to help them encounter the kingdom of God. And of course, he calls them to that lifestyle as he calls us to do exactly the same. We're called and equipped by God. As followers of Jesus, we're called to help others, to help them to see and know the truth of the gospel. That is... Uh, relationship at the heart of the gospel is a relationship restored with Almighty God. That's what we're called and equipped by God to do. By, and how do we do it? We do it by expressing God's unconditional love to the world around us. That is in our workplace, that is in our home, that is in our neighborhood, and that is in our church, both individually and also corporately. We as a church do that for the, uh, to the world around us, to the world that God's put us in. So I guess I want to ask the question, do we, um, oh, sorry, and through copying Jesus and serving, serving others. So I want to ask two questions. It seems to me that Jesus was asking these questions. The first one says, what are you doing in my life at the moment, Lord? Uh, in that Jesus was told, ask the Father, well, it said he only does what he saw the Father doing. And so I think it's a good question to ask ourselves. What are you doing in my life at the moment, Lord? What are you, where are you leading me? How are you directing me? And then you can drill down on that a bit and you say, how are you directing me to love and serve others, both in and through our church, as well as the rest of our lives? <laughs> 
What are you doing? How are you causing me to uh, live out my life? How are you causing me to be on this journey of faith? What's it look like? I wonder what the answer is for you. What's God calling you to at the moment? How's he speaking to you at the moment? What's he showing of himself to you where he's saying, hey, look, understand this of me and now help others to know the same. How would he have you express love to others, his love to others in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your home, in our church? What's he doing? And how are you going to respond? It feels to me like we have a calling here to serve others. Simple as that. We serve them with love. We point them to the king and his kingdom. As we do so, we see his kingdom come. We see people come into the goodness of the love of God, the joy of God that Michael described, the peace of God, that hope. We do it together. We help one another. We inspire one another. We encourage one another. We help explore what's that journey God's taking you on at the moment. How, how can you serve others at the moment? Now, very practically, I want to move on to talk about a practical aspect here. One way in which we do this is through serving each other in the church as well. It's only one way. In fact, what we'd love is for everybody to be involved in serving in our community as well as serving in the church. That's a great balance to have, looking to see how can I serve others, how can I love others in my workplace, in my neighborhood, etc., etc. But also, how can I do that in the church I'm part of? And to try and help you with that, we've produced a leaflet. It's going to be distributed down the rows just as I'm speaking now. If the guys doing that want to uh, uh, pass them around, um, you don't need to read it straight away, but we deliberately didn't put these out beforehand because we wanted to give context first. So they're just going to be put to the ends of the rows and pass them, pass them along. It says, be involved. And it just explains 32 different ways in which you can be involved in the life of Harvest Church in terms of serving our church. And on the back, it says, count me in. And there's a a box you can fill in there, which is your name and your email and your phone number, saying, hey, I'm already serving it and loving it, and that's great. Or it can be saying, I've completed inside. In fact, we'd ask everybody to do that. Whether you're serving already, you can tick boxes saying you're serving already, or whether you're saying, hey, I'd be interested in getting involved in serving in this way or that way or the other. Or you could say, I can't serve right now, and that's fine. But we'd like to invite every single person who's here to fill this in over the next week. You don't need to do it straight away. You can take it away. You can prayerfully think through it and talk through it. You may want to engage with the content of it and 
think, oh, what can I do which is in here? Some of the areas you may go, wow, I'm really surprised to see that on there. I didn't realize that was an option. I'd love to explore that. I'd love to have some more information. That's fine. You can do just that. But can I invite you, please, to go away and read it? You'll also find there's uh, different color spots for the different groups. They're talking about how high the priority is we have for people to be involved in the different areas of ministry. So I want to encourage you to go away and look at that, to think about that. But as we do so, I also want to bring a challenge. Friends, it would be really easy at this point to feel, well, I've got to serve. They're forcing me to. They're putting pressure on us. Don't. Don't. Please don't. Do not. Well, isn't that what you're going for here? Yep, it is. But it's going for a heart thing. This isn't about some legalistic, I've got to perform in this way, I've got to jump through these hoops. Now, this is a heart response which says, hey, I want to do what God's calling me to do. I want to respond to him. I want to be a disciple. I want to be somebody who, yes, serves others. I want to do that in this church. I want to play my part to the full, not just here, but also throughout our everyday life, through my, through my job, through my workplace, through my home, through my family. Please go for that response, yes. That's a response to the grace of God. That's a response because God loves me, because he's drawn me into his family, because he's, he's transformed my life, because he's taking me on a journey and I want to be involved in this journey. Yeah, please, great, respond. Please don't just think, though, also only about church. Now, this form's about the church, but you may want to be thinking also, what's God calling me to do elsewhere in my life? How can I find ways to love my neighbors, my family, my workplace, my community around me? How can I be involved in all of those things too? What's the balance here, Lord? Ultimately, Lord, what are you calling me to do? I said that's what a disciple is. Somebody who's following Jesus, who's doing the same as Jesus, being a fisher of men, yes. How? Why? Because we hear from the Father what he's doing and we get involved too. I want to encourage us, let's that be our response. I want to be involved, please, Lord. How would you have me involved? I want to be involved. And then let's, like the disciples, cast aside the things which would perhaps stop us. Now, it may not be status or security or career. It may not be notoriety like Matthew, or shame, or any of those other things. But let's cast them off. I felt there was something powerfully prophetic in what Peter shared earlier, uh, when he just talked about breaking chains. I feel there's chains to be broken this morning. Expectation of others. I feel that's one of those chains which just needs to be snapped this morning. I'm not doing it because I'm being expected to. I'm not doing it out of pressure doing it because of the grace of God. I'm not doing it out of, uh, or, or, or I'm not not doing it 
because I'm fearful of how it will come across or whatever, whatever, whatever. No, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free to respond. I'm free to respond in my workplace. I'm free to respond wherever I am. I'm free to serve others, to see God's kingdom come, to express the kingdom of God. Friends, fear and anxiety will rob us of the fruitfulness God has called us to. If you're fearful, if you're anxious of what will others say, what will others do, how will I be heard, how will I be received, what happens if I get it wrong? Please know God wants to deal with that fear and anxiety. He brings peace and he brings joy and he brings freedom and he breaks the chains of fear and anxiety that we can pursue him fully. Come, follow me, said Jesus to his disciples. Let's follow him together. Let's help one another to follow him together. Let's be fishers of men together. Amen? Thank you. Sean, I think um, we're probably not got time so I'm going to hand over to you to bring things to a conclusion thank you thank you Andrew Um, okay this evening we've got a church meeting uh, here 7.30 and if you're part of this church or if you're looking in and you're looking to be involved to be part of it then you're all welcome so 7 30 this evening we've got some uh, great stuff to be sharing and uh, something about eldership and uh, yeah so please do come along 7 30 for those of you who are uh, you know here for the first time as I, as I mentioned earlier, you are very, very welcome, and hopefully you did receive a, uh, a welcome pack. And in that, there should have been a Connect card, which we'd love for you to fill in. You can put it in the box over there. If you didn't get one, then please do speak to one of the folk in the yellow polo shirts. Okay, we're almost drawing to a close now. There's going to be refreshments in the cafe area in a few minutes. And uh, parents, in a moment, please do go and collect your children. I just wanted to give the opportunity, if you, you know, after this morning you feel that you just wanted to chat through or pray something through, then please either speak to someone next to you, someone you came with, someone you're friends with, or come down to the front and uh, have a chat with myself, uh, with Andrew, um, some of the guys down here as well, more than happy to uh, chat and pray with you. Please, please do that if God's been speaking to you this morning. I'm going to close in prayer. Lord, thank you for your incredible love to each one of us. Thank you that we are your children. You delight in each of us. That you have good things for us. That you do want to break chains that are holding us back. And I pray for each and every person. I pray we would know releasing from chains. We would know that love. And Lord, I pray that you would guide us in how we can serve you. Part of this church family, 
part of community wherever you put us. Help us to show the love of God to all that we meet. Amen. Thank you. And say refreshments in the cafe area. Please do collect your children.